Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, to make this life count, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Today on my program, I'm interviewing Randy McKean. Randy was baptized into Christ in 1973 as a student at the University of Florida. He graduated with high honors with a degree in English, religion, and education. He served in the full-time ministry for 40 years in such diverse locations as Columbia, South Carolina, Tokyo, Japan, Munich, Germany, Paris, France, and Boston, Massachusetts. While leading in Boston from 1990 to 2003, he simultaneously prepared and led mission teams to Europe. Randy last served for 12 years with the Northern Virginia Church of Christ in both the role of lead evangelist and as an elder. Randy's been married for 43 years to his college sweetheart, Kay, who has served by his side in the full-time ministry. He has two children, Kent and Summer. Kent is the lead evangelist for the Maui Church. They have four grandchildren. Randy and Kay retired in 2020 and presently live in Maui, Hawaii. Randy, great to have you here on the program. Well, what a joy to uh, to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation. It's uh, just good to see you. Good to talk to you, Rob. Uh, we've had some incredible times together, wonderful times together, and uh, just love you, appreciate you, thankful for you, respect you, and uh, what an honor and a joy just to uh, just to be here on your program. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I know that in this last planting that we we did in Tucson, Arizona, I remember giving you a call and just asking you for help with how to set up our marriage ministry. And that phone call, although it was 20 minutes long, really shifted the direction of how we were building our marriage ministry. And uh, and it also sparked a relationship that I didn't have prior to that time. And it's really been fantastic to know you over the past eight years. Thank you so much. That's how I feel too. Randy, how did you become a Christian? Can you In the bio, you became a Christian, obviously, at University of Florida. Can you tell me about the backstory there? Well, obviously, uh, that's that's the time of that life-defining decision, which is, uh, you know, nobody can forget that. Uh, as a uh, 17-year-old, uh, actually a 16-year-old, just turned 17 by a week, I was a senior in, in college, uh, not college, a senior in high school, and uh, was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's disease, which is cancer of the lymph nodes. And it was between my, my heart and my, my, my lung. And so they had to, uh, you know, go in with uh, that major operation and then a, another major operation called a laparotomy, which is just exploratory surgery. And, and then that was followed by three rounds of, of radiation. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, I did a lot of, lot of thinking at that time, probably different kind of thinking than your typical uh, 17-year-old kid would would do about about life uh my brother had become uh, a christian really unbeknownst to me but he had asked for prayers from crossroads church congregation and uh i got a lot of little letters and uh you know from people that i'd never met never knew and so when i got down a number of months later uh, about five months later, at maybe six months after all this stuff happened uh, in September of 73, because uh, I was also set up to, uh, to be a student at the University of Florida, where my brother went. 
um, I, I felt obligated to go to this church and just meet these people and just say thank you. Hmm. And the first time that that I the first time that I went, I, I was just absolutely uh, blown away. You know, I was a I called myself a believer, thought myself a, a Christian. Uh, and here it was in the early, early seventies, uh, in the South. And, and here there were, uh, black and white, uh, and, and people of, of all ages and seemingly all different backgrounds that they obviously loved each other. Mm. I mean, they stayed around. There was, there was, there was hugging. People were taking notes and listening. Uh, they were loving what was going on and, and the sermon that I heard was, uh, was, was a sermon that actually impacted my life instead of just sort of uh, what I used to do uh, in my denominational church is count the tiles. And I knew that if I got up to a certain number of the tiles on the roof, uh, it, it would probably be just about over at that point. Uh, because what was being said didn't impact who I was or how I was living or where I was trying to go. It wasn't impacting my life. And so... Uh, uh, I, I, that was the first Sunday. And, uh, and then, you know, I was going through, you know, sort of the typical college, looking at the different fraternities and, and, and all that, you know, rush week, uh, before school actually began and uh, had one conversation, uh, over a steak dinner that, uh, actually sort of blew the steak dinner because, uh, he, he opened up and said, well, let's just look at a scripture here. And he went to Galatians five nineteen. As the only scripture we read was Galatians 5.19. And of course, the thing that stuck in my mind is those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And, and, and the funny thing is, you know, I thought I'd been reading the Bible, but it's amazing how you skip over what you don't want to see. And uh, then I went back to church the following Sunday. And, uh, you know, they at, at that time, they had a, a, a time where the altar call, you know, and you know, people were placing membership. I saw last the, the week before, so I thought I'd go up and place membership. And uh, it, it, then they said, "Well, we, we probably need to talk about a number of things." Uh, and so was was set up to uh, talk to the uh, minister there, a guy named Chuck Lucas, uh, and uh, my brother joined in uh, on a Monday night. So the day after that. And I think we studied probably from about eight o'clock at night till about 11 o'clock at night. And we looked at, you know, uh, repentance. We looked at discipleship. We looked at lordship, called it more lordship back then to discipleship. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, of course, we looked at baptism and, uh, you know, they said, what do you what do you want to do? And I did not want to leave that building. I, I saw that I was lost. I saw that I was separated from God. I did not want to leave that building uh, in, in that way. And so I was baptized into Christ that night. That was September the 24th, 1973, awesome. which happened to be my first day of, uh, of classes at wow. uh, college at the University of Florida. So I think God got me ready. I think he, he hit me pretty hard, you know, with... Uh, you know, the, the, the whole cancer thing, but I think it opened up my heart, opened up my mind and uh, got me, uh, got me ready for uh, the, the, the message. And I wanted a relationship with him. I wanted to be right with him. And uh, I knew it was a lifetime decision. And uh, it's been, been 47 years now. I just, uh, just celebrated my 47th spiritual birthday. Oh, congratulations. It's been a great ride. So that's, that's a little bit of, uh, you know, how, how I got there.
So you uh, wasted no time. First day of classes, your freshman year, you became a Christian. Yeah, it took me, uh, what, eight days, eight days uh, <laughs> from my first time of walking into the Crossroads Church, seeing what it was about and being convinced, you know, with the love and being convinced with, you know, the, 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 the people there. Uh, and of course, most impressed with the fact that we actually opened up the Bible, looked at it and saw what it had to say. Mm. And I just... I wanted to do what it said. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, how'd you meet Kay? Well, uh, I love that question. <laughs> uh, Kay was actually uh, baptized in the Christ about a year later. And um, the interesting thing is she, she went home. One of her best friends was uh, a girl named Mary Stripling who uh, married Dan Allison. And so you may know Mary and Dan Allison. And they were cheerleaders together uh, in high school in their uh, uh, Catholic, a cat, little small Catholic high school. And uh, she, I guess, had become a Christian her freshman year and had been talking to her friend Kay for a number of years, uh, even got her to come one time, but you know, Kay wasn't interested in all that. But then between her junior year and senior year, she went back to Miami beach for the summer. Mary was down there and they were having a, uh, what we called soul talk. We call them Bible talks now, but a, a soul talk. And, you know, with the people that were students down there from the crossroads church and Mary invited her to come. And Kay did not really want to go. And she asked her mom, she said, uh, she said, you know, I don't really want to go to this thing. What do you think? I guess they're just having a conversation. And her mother said, well, Mary's been a friend all these years. Why don't you just go once? And uh, so she went once and uh, she kept going that summer. Uh, she got, she was intrigued by it. She got a lot of her questions answered. She liked the atmosphere of uh, how open it was. And uh, then on the 18th of uh, August, she was baptized in the Christ. Wow. And uh, a few weeks after that, now here's, here's a funny part of the story, is that there was a, what was called the Florida Evangelism uh, Seminar. And so it was my first one, and I, I guess it took place in early September, late August, whatever. And uh, so, you know, there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. And uh, I remember, I remember as you walk through the classes, you know, uh, and, and you've got the, the hallway stuff with people. I remember this beautiful blonde haired, you know, blue eyed girl. Of course, I didn't know she had blue eyes at that point. But, you know, she just I just remember seeing her and I thought, wow, that I probably, you know, uh, who is she? Where is she from? Right. She may not be. Florida. And then a few weeks later, uh, as school began, she comes up from, uh, from Miami and, uh, and I'm, I'm actually doing this communion, uh, in the evening time. Cause she, she drove up in the morning and, uh, there she is, she's sitting right there. And, uh, I go, wow. But then I find out she's a senior and I'm just, I'm just a sophomore plus a year ahead of myself. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 18 and uh, then about so five months later, no, maybe four months later, uh, 
uh, a brother comes up to me and says, Hey, let's, let's go on a double date. I said, okay, let's, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he said, who do you want to take out? I said, well, there's, there's only two girls I sort of interested in right now. And I mentioned, you know, this girl, Kay, I said, I've never been out with her or, you know, this girl, Beth, he goes, he goes, that's the same two that I was thinking about. <laughs> and I said, well, who do you, who do you want to take out? He said, I don't care. I said, I don't care. We flipped a coin. <laughs> I took out Beth, he took out Kay, but that was the first time that I had been around her to really get to know her in that kind of a setting. And uh, that's the good thing about double dating. You never know. You never know. <laughs> and so about, a, a, I don't know, maybe a month later or whatever it was, uh, I asked her out to date. It was February the 8th, 1975. Uh, I was still 18 years old, a sophomore in college. And uh, we went out on our first date. And, uh, you know, I had a great time, but I didn't ask her out for another date. She said I ignored her for a couple of months. I was, you know, dating some other, you know, some, some of the sisters and, you know, around. And, and uh, a couple months later, anyway, I, uh, and I think I was a little bit intimidated, you know, this beautiful young lady. She's older than I am, sorority girl, you know, right. all of the stuff. And uh, anyway, I took her out to a play day, which was an all day picnic, you know, sports day with the church, had such an incredible time and, you know, all day long. And uh, as I took her home, I made a decision in my heart. I said, she's the one for me. Mm. And I never dated anybody else after that. It was wow. just it was just her. And uh, so we dated for about two years. Um now, she at that point didn't give it all over to me. She still dated some of the guys. Right, right. But, uh, you know, finally convinced her that uh, maybe may, maybe I had something going for me. And uh, so anyway, we dated for a couple of years, pure dating relationship, wonderful, fantastic, and then was married uh, right when I graduated. She graduated two years ahead of me uh, in uh, June of 77. Uh, we got married. So wow. that's a little bit of our love story. That's great. So... Kay went to a different college or she went? No, she was at the University of Florida. She was just down in Miami for uh, the summer. For the summer. Okay, great. So she was she was still there on campus with you. She's, for... a, she's a gator. She's faithful to the, to the tribe. <laughs> well, as, as my football game is going on right now, this is sacrifice for me as the gators are playing right now. I appreciate I, I this, enjoy Randy. talking to you, my friend. You know, you're just carrying the cross right there, denying yourself. I appreciate that. <laughs> just still got the there same you commitment. Go. You've had such a, a varied ministry career, been all over the place. Uh, just in reading your, your bio, South, South Carolina, Tokyo, Germany, um, France, Boston, of course, and, and, and then Northern Virginia, your last post, and now you're in Hawaii. Um, can you just, you know, give just a short overview of that career? How did you end up in all those different places? And, and um, yeah, how, how did you get to where you are, where you are right now? Hmm. Uh, well, uh, well, let's see. I, you know, I was, I was planning on uh, being a lawyer. I mean, just what the world needs is another lawyer, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, so that's what I was, you know, thinking going into college. Uh, but at the Crossroads Church, there there was a, a ministry training program. And um, 
I guess at the end of my sophomore year, after being a Christian for about a year and a half, two years, I, I, I made the decision, you know, what I think I really want to do is go into the ministry, go into the campus ministry, make a difference in, in, that, kind of, in that kind of way. And um, so just sort of changed everything and, uh, you know, went through, you know, every program, every, everything they had going, trying to prepare for that. Uh, Sam Lang was my campus, campus minister. <laughs> and uh, I listened to his uh, soul talks, Bible talks for four years. He was a great teacher. I would come listen to him. He would really open up the Bible and make it practical and in some incredible ways. And, uh, you know, then after I got married to Kay, you know, we, we didn't have a ministry place to go to, but uh, my brother was up in Charleston, uh, Illinois at, uh, I forget the name of the college, Northern, Northern Illinois University. And uh, he was leaving for the summer and needed somebody to come in uh, for the summer. And so I, 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 Kay and I went there. And uh, the funny thing is that my, my, first, uh, <laughs> my first preacher, as it were, that I was working with was Roger Lamb. It was Roger Lamb that was uh, a young, pretty young preacher at that point. And uh, we saw some great things happen. And I had interviewed uh, on our way up there at Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, it was a congregation that was sort of uh, in the city and it was dying out. And, and uh, Wyndham Shaw, they'd heard about the campus ministries that were going out from the Crossroads Church. Wyndham Shaw was up in uh, North Carolina, had come on down and had shared with them. And so they wanted to hire somebody from Crossroads. They interviewed me. And, uh, you know, a number of uh, weeks later, found out that uh, they really wanted us to come. And so at the end of the summer, uh, we went to Columbia, South Carolina. And we were there for almost, almost nine years. Uh, it was, uh, there were some wonderful times. There were some battling times. Uh, we saw almost 900 people baptized in the Christ wow. uh, during during those during those nine years. Uh, okay, became, let me let me uh, just stop you right there. Okay. okay, how how old were you when you went to Columbia? I was just 21 years old. Got married at 21 by a couple of months. Okay, I so was, uh, so you're 21, my birthday, and then my birthday is February 29th. So I, I, I get a birthday every four years. So we're going to count those birthdays. That was really young. <laughs> okay, so you're 21, 21 years old. You start as a campus minister or the the preacher of the entire church, the evangelist. Campus, campus okay, start as a campus minister. Gonna, so you weren't the head total, of the entire total church. Scratch work. Total okay. scratch work. Okay. Pardon me. So then you baptized 900 people in nine years. Is that right? Is that what you just nine, said? Yeah, we were there a little less than nine years. And uh, you became almost 900 people baptized in Christ during that time. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. So you did you become the church leader along the way over the course of the next nine years? Or did you just stay campus minister? Yeah, there the was, time? Uh, although, you know, I'm sure I was prideful and, and arrogant at times and didn't know how to work really with adults in a great way. Um, you know, what, what happened there, which is what happened in most of our campus ministries is that as we preached, you know, lordship and total commitment and, and, um, you know, obviously evangelism in the sense that this was the mission of the church and the mission of every disciple, uh, there were adults that did not appreciate that, did not like that, 
they, they, they certainly weren't what we would call a disciple as far as their lives were concerned. And uh, so there was some definitive upheaval. Uh, we, you know, moved, it was the Shandon Church of Christ. We, uh, after a few years, we named it the Columbia Church of Christ. And uh, so there was some fighting, but ultimately, you know, we outbaptized the membership by far. When I first got there, I, I asked, well, how many, how many baptisms have you had? And they said, what's a baptism? Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's no water in the baptistry, and we haven't seen one of those in a long time. Wow. And so how big and, was the church when you got there, do you think? What's your best guess? 50? 100? I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe 120. Okay. That seems, that seems, you know, there were 120 there in, in, in Acts, so let's say 120. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here you are, you're 21 years old, you go on to baptize 900 people in nine years. Okay, Randy, why doesn't that happen now? What's the difference? Why can't a 21-year-old come out of a strong campus ministry, go into a church, and baptize 900? We're not seeing that. What, what's the difference? What were you doing then that's not happening now? Well, I don't think we were doing anything different, and uh, I, no, I certainly no. There had to be something going I, I on different. There had to be something that's because you don't see the I same results. I certainly, I certainly um, thought I knew more than I did, um, but I think the difference is is faith. Um, is that we were on a mission? We believed God could do anything. Um, and all, all we'd seen in our background was in, in one sense, uh, God doing great things, successful things. And, you know, there were so many different campus ministries going out, ministers going out that were also doing great things. And, uh, I think the one thing that we did is we basically lived on campus mm. now. I mean, not literally, but, uh, you know, Kay had to, you know, go into dorms and, 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 and just find a non-Christian uh, as we started things off that would, would host the, the, the Bible talk in the dorm, the, the soul talk in the dorm. Uh, I had a, a guy that was supposedly a Christian and he said I could use his room. And then I showed up for the first Bible talk and invited a lot of people to come. And he walked out the door and said, well, there's the room, but, 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 but I'm not interested. And I walked, in, I walked into his room and on his side, you know, he had all his playboy posters, you know, put up and, and, and all that. So obviously he didn't stay around very long. Uh, and you told everyone who was attending, these are not my posters. Just so. <laughs> I don't, live, I don't live here. Uh, I still remember that guy's name anyway. Um, I think it's just a matter of believing that and believing God can do great things. And then we just, I mean, it was just hour after hour. We were just over there making friends. I was helping people, you know, write, I was an English major, write things, uh, you know, their, 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 uh, papers and things didn't write them for them, but helped them to know how to make an A, uh, basic stuff. And, uh, you know, playing Frisbee and football and basketball. And, uh, but I mean, it was just all day there, every day there. Uh, there were times I was, you know, got scared and sort of hit out a little bit, you know, and then you sort of have to swallow hard and have a prayer and, and, and get back and, and, and meeting people and that kind of thing. And, you know, after a couple of years, you know, Kay got, you know, Kay became pregnant and, you know, after a year we were married and uh, yet she was still, you know, she, she, at times she was out to here 
and she was still, you know, in those dorms and the girls felt sorry for her. They go, who is this pregnant woman, you know, oh, girl? I mean, she was only right. 24, 25. Right. And, uh, but it was just spending time and being with the people and, and, and pulling them all in. And, and we didn't have a study series, but we studied the basics, right. you know, people that was no different than today. And in a lot of ways of what you've got to know and where you got to go with it. So, but I think it's just faith. I think people, I think, I think now people have seen some things that, that haven't gone well. And I think they've lost faith in what can happen. And I think a lot of people are coming out of campus ministries that haven't done incredible, awesome things. So they've not seen it. They've not experienced it. And, uh, and they don't have faith in that it can, it, it can really happen in, in, in that, kind of, that kind of way. Yeah, that's powerful. What, what was the university there at Columbia, South Carolina? USC, University of South Carolina. Okay. I'm, I'm Gamecocks. Not, okay, there we go. I'm not as familiar with the East Coast as I am the West. You've had so many it's, different... It's, exp- the, it's, it's the other USC. <laughs> That's right, the other USC. What, <laughs> you've got, I'm sure you've got so many great memories. Can you share with me one or two just incredible memories or best memories as a disciple and as a, as a ministry leader? Anything that just stands out to you in your career? You go, that was awesome. my wedding night. Yeah, there you go. Same here. <laughs> that's an easy one. That, that's a softball uh, lob right there. It's really easy. Well, that's unforgettable. But like I had mentioned a moment before, you know, Kay and I, uh, you know, I mean, you got pure dating for two years right. and uh, you've done it right. Uh, what, what I call in, 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 in the book that we wrote on radical love, you know, when we talked about sexual love in that, in that book, you know, it's, it's maximum sex when you do it right. Right. And, uh, and, and such, but oh my gosh. I, I remember uh, going and planning the church at, at in Munich and, uh, had a great team with us, not a very large team. And, uh, what we did back then is we had what was called a planternship for a few months before we actually planted the church just to get it started. So the planternship was for about four months and, um, we would just go down to the public squares and actually do public singing, uh, in German, uh, some in, 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 uh, in English and we would draw a crowd. Now, because I can't sing very well, I didn't sing too loud because the crowd would leave. <laughs> but uh, and then we did uh, what probably more what I would call a public invitation than public preaching mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with a fellow who was awesome in 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 German. And uh, then we would simply talk to the people that would stay around talking to us and inviting them and try to get phone numbers and that kind of thing. And we'd let it go for a while. And then we sing some more and gather a different group, you know, and do, do the same thing. That, 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 that was a great, great memory there, mm. whether it be in Marian plots or some of the other uh, different squares there. Wow. So- uh, then uh, I, Paris, I mean, Paris is my favorite city in all the world. Oh my gosh. What a romantic uh, city. It, it really is city of lights, yep. city of love. Um, but I think the, the issue there is just seeing so many lives change. Uh, we, we, you know, in Munich in those 14 months, as we were just getting started. We did see about 14 people baptized in the Christ. And I tell you, when you're, when you're out there and you're just starting with nothing and you're just, you, you, I mean, every baptism is just incredibly precious. Yes. And of course it means it's a miracle life, life, a life change. Yep. 
what God does there. But but in uh, in in Paris, uh, we had to reconstruct the church. The 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 church, you know, had uh, been planted a, a year or a year and a half or maybe two years earlier, and uh, the, it it had some real challenges. We were about ready to lose the church in 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 some ways, and uh, we we did what was called a reconstruction back then. And we started off with uh, 40, 40 people who were disciples, ready to go, ready to do something great for God. And uh, in, that, in that first year, um, there, there were you know, over 100 baptisms, like 101, something like that. Now, 40 of those people were people that were already around and just needed to be restudied with. I, I remember this one guy, we sat down, we were talking through his conversion. He says, well, I, I, he says, Randy, I just gotta tell you, when I was baptized in the Christ, I, I didn't believe in Jesus at that time. I didn't believe in God, but but I loved the fellowship. I felt like the <laughs> love, the art. He says, do, do you think I'm okay? I believe in him now. I, I, I'm very strong, I believe in God, I believe, do you think I'm okay? And I, I said, no, no, you really have to have faith that God exists and that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. That's right. Before you're right, baptized right. in Christ. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and such. So, you know, there were some things that needed to get together. And then there were 60 others that we just met out in the streets, at the subways, whatever, that were baptized in the Christ that year. And, you know, there is something about the first places that you go that just gets your heart. Yeah. And, uh, this was this was a place that they got my heart, but you know, part of it is just seeing God do incredible things, lives changing, and uh, you just you just fall in love with it. And we built some great friendships there. And uh, how long were so, you, how long were you there in Paris? Not long enough. Uh, only about uh, a little less than two years. Wow. Um, we got <laughs> we got we got a phone call, and. Uh, I said, no, 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 no. They, they wanted me to go back to Boston, lead the Boston church. I said, no, 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 no. I said, that's no, that's surely not. Right. We've sold everything. We're out here. Our kids are in French public schools. We're, we're, we're trying desperately, especially me. I mean, I have no language ability whatsoever. Right. And, um, we just didn't want to go. We, 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 so why don't you fly back and talk? I said, no, 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 no. But I, I, I felt like ultimately after conversation, it was the right, the right thing to do. But honestly, it wasn't what I wanted in my heart to do. Uh, so we weren't there long enough, but then Paris became, you know, the place that we flew back to all the time that we really built the European work on in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I had our yearly conference there that, that grew from just a few people to thousands of people. And um, so those those are some of my favorite, favorite memories. Again, every baptism is a miracle. It's changed life. And when you see that happening in a place that is very atheistic and a lot of people coming from a place, they don't really believe in God or in Jesus. And, and, you, and you, see, you see the change in people's lives it's it's just you go there is a god there, yeah. there's no doubt yeah it is so powerful so powerful 
You, Let's you, see. I, I, th I think of one of, I mean, you talked about some of the great things in Boston. There was a day there that we saw 87 people baptized in the Christ in one day. Oh my gosh. Uh, of course the kids being baptized, my kids being baptized in the Christ. Uh, I mentioned the Euro conference, you know, the singing, the dancing, the, you know, we bring, we bring the musicians over from Boston and just, it was it was it was it was a party it was incredible we we did it at the palais de congrès which is one of the most beautiful places that you could have a meeting in in in, in paris and uh maybe another great memory just recently a couple of months ago my my granddaughter here was baptized in oh, christ that's fantastic so that's those are just a few quick things yeah well i know it's a big question and it's, it covers a lot of years but uh, th that's powerful you and Kay seem to have a great marriage. I mean, it, it seems like you guys you guys have done many we, marriage. We, we do. Kind of, we kind of like each other. <laughs> That's good. You're still together. Seem happy. Now you're in retirement. What can you give me? Just three things that have helped to make it that way. What, what you know for those who well, are listening, maybe they're they're just getting married or they've just been married a few years, a few kids. What what's worked for you that's kept your love growing, happy? There's a lot of pressure in the ministry, a lot of things in, in church itself, whether you're a leader or not a leader, that can be emotionally draining, challenging. What's helped you to, to foster your marriage in that environment? Oh, gee, you know, so many things. But, you know, you, 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 you gave me a sort of a list of some of the questions you might ask. I actually asked Kay this question last night. She just flew in from Chicago last night, visiting my, my, my daughter and some of the grandkids there. Um, although my daughter lives in Saudi Arabia, she was home for a little while. Um, I asked Kay and she said, well, that's an easy answer. Sex, sex, sex. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and then she said, don't you dare say that. I said, no, I'm using it. Too I, late. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to that one. In no particular order. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, that that area of life isn't going to go well if 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 the other areas of life aren't sure. going well. Sure. Uh, respect. Um, respect's a big one. You know, the Bible says for husbands, respect. You know, uh, he needs to be respected. But let me tell you, the wives need to be respected and appreciated. And I, I think forgiveness. I mean, my goodness. I mean. Um, there's no other person that you know both the best and the worst of uh, than in in the the marriage relationship and and you know having 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 forgiveness that's real and then communication um, just allowing the time and not letting the the ministry and everybody else take your time where you don't where you don't really talk and you don't really share and you don't really know what's going on uh, with with each other and uh, you know, we, we, I forget what television program we were watching, but they kept using the years and years ago, the, the, the phrase, in my opinion, in my opinion. And so we, we picked that up and uh, for just so many years of our marriage, you know, instead of sort of coming across that th this is the way it needs to be. We'd say, well, in my opinion, you know, <laughs> or we would we would say, you know, this is what I really this is what we need to do. Da, 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 right. da. In my opinion. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, you, you left it open. Soften up, uh, soften it up a little bit. And where you could really talk about it. Uh, I, I think 
the bottom line, we just really enjoy each other's company. Uh, I, I made sure, and I think husbands don't. I've talked to so many husbands. Uh, they don't. They don't. They don't leave it up to the woman to maybe plan something special. Hmm. Um, I, I always wanted, you know, to you know, as we grew and we had some finances. <laughs> uh to to get away but even when we didn't have much finances even to get away just for a night or two in a in a sort of a cheap cheaper place uh just to be able to be together talk uh have good physical time together but emotional bonding and mm -hmm. and, and have some fun away from just all the stress all the people all the issues you know right. all of all of that uh through the years we we even took uh, for a good number of years we did what we called more the personal marriage um, times together where we would take a book or uh, read it, talk about it, consider it, work on our marriage instead of waiting for a marriage conference, uh, work on our marriage ourselves. Um, I remember one time we were doing that book, The Five Love Languages, and this was, I think we'd been married for 15 or 20 years. And uh, of course, we read it, we'd talk about it, of course, in the end, what's your love language love language of my wife she goes gifts i go gifts are you kidding me <laughs> so I mean, maybe i didn't communicate enough and the issue wasn't the, the present for her the issue was that i was thinking about her when i wasn't when she wasn't with me mm. that that's what moves her mm. that the, the protection thing and the concern mm. and uh so you know i think some of those things have, have helped in a great way that's great that's great You've, you've had some really gut-wrenching, tough, tough times in your ministry career. And I, I know in our talks from the past, you've had some real low points and real, real tough challenges that have tested you. Can you tell? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the low points. This sounds like fun. Let's do that. <laughs> well, everyone goes through it. I mean, there's just yeah. no way to, to avoid it. Jesus says you're going to have trouble in this world. And every person I've ever talked to is, who is honest has ha had some real soul-searching times, uh, dark nights of the soul. What was the toughest period in your ministry career, and how'd you pull through it? How'd you pull out of it? Hmm. Well, you know, when our churches went through, um, you know, their most challenging time, and uh, I, I, I sort of sit it back and, and say, we just didn't really understand the, uh, the maturation process in a lot of ways mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, like, like a family matures and, uh, you know, my kids are what 41 and 38 right now. And they've got their own spouses. They've got their own kids, you know, ranging from uh, 11 to 16. Um, you know, you, you don't come in and, and be the same way when as if they were five or, or, or 15. Uh, you develop an adult to an adult relationship with them. And I think in the same way as, as congregations mature and the relationship grows and they have their own maturity within their place, you know, you can't really tell them what to do so much. Uh, you need to foster a relationship of trust to where they'll want to know what you think. Uh, but I think, uh, I think that had a lot to do uh, with with some of those issues. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't use this term a lot, but I, I was <laughs> what was called a world sector leader <laughs> at those times. And Europe was 
Europe and New England was 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 what we were to uh, oversee and plant churches. Of course, when we started, there was nothing in Europe particularly, uh, except for the Munich that we planted and Paris that we you know reconstructed and tried to get things going. So we had 25 different countries to plant and uh, get going, which we saw God do some incredible things. But in 2003, at the end of 2003, you know, I was sort of brought in for a meeting and uh, basically they said, we need to let you go. We wanted, you know, basically I was fired. Uh, I was politely fired. I was kindly fired. And I was, I was told that I would, I would be given the, the best recommendation ever anywhere I wanted to go. But uh, <laughs> so we got out of the ministry. Kay was, uh, I think, emotionally uh, distraught and, and, and needed, needed a break. Uh, and so it was a tumultuous time, uh, but, you know, the way that I felt and not all the correct feelings, but I felt, you know, thrown away, felt unappreciated, felt forgotten. Uh, and, you know, I, I was separated from the work that we had just poured our lives out for, sacrificed for, um, and, uh, you know, away from the people that I, you know, deeply, deeply loved and cared for. Uh, and, uh, so that was that was a, a very difficult time, and then and then shifting after being in the ministry, you know, basically my whole life, and uh, you know, I ended up um, doing recruiting for a, a little while, but I, I hated that, and uh, you know, then uh, worked for a structural engineering firm. Not that I'm an engineer, but I was uh, on the uh, the selling team, you know, and. And would get a hold of architects and uh, develop a relationship and, and and sell projects. Hopefully, get projects from them for us. Worked out pretty well. Made more money than ever, and and uh, it was the easiest forty-hour week. I thought, what in the world is this? This is what? What do I do on the weekends? Right. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, what what I had to learn was, you know, obviously taking responsibility. Uh, for, you know, different failures or different, different sins, uh, you know, uh, of my own life. Uh, but then I think a, a big thing is just learning to forgive. Uh, that was, that was, that was huge. Uh, you know, we never gave up going to church, never gave up giving our contribution, never gave up reaching out to, to the lost. And in, in all these times, even I went to a church where it, it, I, I, there, there were a lot of people that didn't really want me there. That was a really weird feeling of being in a congregation where you didn't feel like the leadership really wanted you there. Um, anyway, uh, but, but learning how to, how to forgive, uh, and, and of course deciding, you know, I, I you know, I, I went into this thing, uh, simply out of a love for God. Uh, it wasn't, you know, so I had to sort of decide, am I going to love God more or, or love my dream more, love what I wanted to do more? And, and, and trust, trust in him ultimately. And, uh, and, and just that learning how to forgive that, that phrase forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And that's a very, that's a very humbling thing to go back and remember uh, how much God has had to forgive me. And, uh, you know, the, the story of, of, of the guy that was forgiven of the big debt and then went after the, the little guy with the little debt for himself of a couple of bucks. Right. Uh, you know, and but it took me honestly a couple of years to work everything through my heart. You know, and there were still times where, you know, I was sort of triggered on 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 different things, and you know, had to you know rework and 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 deal with my own my own heart. Um, 
and, and what I learned, and I should have learned this maybe years before, but I guess until you go through it, but, you know, I learned that people will never understand how much they have, uh, they'll never understand my pain. And, uh, and, and what you want so many times is, is you want somebody to understand your pain and admit how much they've hurt you. And that, that, that honestly doesn't necessarily ever happen. Uh, and they may never agree from, you know, your perspective on really how things were done or what was said or, 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 or why things were done. And uh, you, you never hear the words that you, you think you need to hear. Right. And, and then you got to say, well, that's 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 OK. That's that's all right. Um, think about the fact that how much I've hurt Jesus and I, I have not said the words that have come close to, um, you know, exemplifying what I've done. I don't even understand how much I've hurt him right. uh, and how much sin put put him on the cross and my sin and all those things. So. I had to work through all of those things. Um, then Kay came came after about, I don't know, two and a half years. Maybe we were out of the ministry, maybe three years. Maybe it wasn't that long, but um, she said, you know, I think we ought to go back into the ministry. Hmm. And uh, by that time, you know, we'd sort of created a new life for us. Um, I think we were still good disciples, but, uh, and that was a, I, I said, you know, I think you're right, but 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 I'm living in my dream home. I've never had a home <laughs> like this before. I, 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 you know, this is, you know, and and to start all over again was sort of a a, a humbling thing. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was it was the right thing to do, and that is what we we ultimately ended up. Yeah. You know, ended up doing. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. That answer your question, my yeah, friend. Yeah, it definitely answers the question, and it just brings me back to times when I went out of the paid ministry and into the working world. And it's a, it's a real dicey change of life because there are all sorts of new temptations that come your way, positives and negatives, but you're right. I mean, the financial reward is so much greater. And, uh, I think one of the things that was so, I guess, uh, irritating was the accusation that ministers are there just to make money. And uh, you know, when I got out of the ministry, I just was able to make money I'd never seen before. All of a sudden, I realized my talents, that if I directed them in, in the private sector, are incredibly valuable. And I know that that's exactly what you found. I mean, all of a sudden, you are rewarded financially for your gifts. And to go ahead and leave that, once you've started to establish that new track, and go back into the ministry with the knowledge of what you have the capacity to produce, it's a real sacrifice. And I think a lot of people never make that transition back. And I've seen quite a few uh, former ministers, unfortunately, they kind of end up shipwrecked uh, spiritually. Um, they had a great start, but then somehow or other, whether it's greed or the temptations of the world, the desire for other things gets in there and chokes them. And it's, it's sad to see that. And it's amazing to see how you got back and did an amazing job at Northern Virginia. So, anyway. Well, thanks. yeah, and I, I don't think everybody can jump. I mean, it's tough to jump into. Um, your, your resume doesn't look very good from the ministry point of view to the world's point of view. So I, I think it is a hard transition for a lot of people. I don't think everybody that's in the ministry can jump in and make more money necessarily, but a lot can. Right. And so, 
a lot of what you said is is true and and I know I had to work in my own heart you know about um, sort of letting go right uh, and again it, it goes back to faith and trusting in God that he's going to take care of you and he's exactly. always taking care of you and and uh, you you know Kay and I went into the ministry not because we thought we were so awesome or so great. And she never really had a dream to go into the ministry. She just, you know, she loved me and she said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do this together. And of course right. she did, did an incredible job. Um, but, um, you know, we went into the ministry because we thought, Hey, you know, if, if, if God can use us and, uh, you know, we can do some good, then, then let's, let's, let's do that. That's right. Uh, as we thought we were so awesome or great or, or wonderful right. or anything like that. Exactly. So that's, back into the ministry if god can use us and there's a spot for us and we're wanted then let's let's do that right you, you, with all the different you know work you've done europe what are you most proud of what are some of the things you look back and go that really feels good feels good looking back well with what we just talked about i would say the number one thing is that I've been faithful for 47 years. Amen to that. That's great. Yep. <laughs> and, and I'd like to end well. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we've had a fun, loving, adventurous marriage. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that. I think, uh, you know, my family, we're, we're connected. We love each other. We, we, we talk, we trust. Um, you know, Kent came over just a, a week ago when we spent hours uh, just talking, catching up. I mean, he lives a half an hour from me now, but, you know, just having that time to, to, to talk heart to heart um, and in, in, in a real way. Um, I think that that that's that's something. Mm -hmm. And then I think, uh, honestly, you know, I, I, I think of different individuals, the people that you know, we, we've been able, of course, it's all God. Uh, you know, there's no one, per, there's no person that can convert someone to Jesus. Right. Uh, there's no per, one person that can talk somebody into giving up everything and, 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 and giving their life to Jesus. I mean, it's ultimately God's spirit at work in their heart and, and their desire and heart to love God. We're, we're just the messenger. Um, but, you know, the different people that we've been able to help uh, have a really right and a true relationship with God where they become true Christians. Um, you know, a, a year and a half ago, uh, the, 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 the guy right across the street from us, our, our, our neighbor, he was 58, he's 59 now. Uh, but, uh, you know, physicist, um, he's got his top secret clearance, which, around Northern Virginia, that's everything, having your clearances. Uh, he works uh, in the uh, intelligence field. And uh, it, it, it's funny, and I've invited them different years. And I, I came back from a conference that we had, and they talked about, you know, Ashley Tolliver talked about, you know, really uh, you know, making sure we're evangelistic. And I was pulling out of my driveway, and I rolled down the window, and I was saying hello. And he was walking his dog and I just, Hey, you know, I, I know I've invited you, but how about coming out to church with me? He said, okay, I'll do it. And, uh, you know, after, uh, at, right after that service, one service, you know, I said, Hey, you know, what about studying the Bible with me? And, uh, he said, you know, I, I think I'd like to do that. Hmm. And I, I've never studied with an adult, uh, that's been a short study. 
you know, it's anywhere from three, four, six months, eight months, whatever. And uh, we, we studied for, 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 for months. Um, and uh, then to see him uh, baptized into Christ wow. and become my brother. I mean, so, so awesome. You know, a number of years ago, I was working uh, with a guy that uh, we met for coffee. And the, the first time that we, we sat down and talked, he just poured out his life. I mean, I felt like, wow, this is incredible. Asked him to study with me. It's a federal judge. And uh, after about four, five months of studying, he was baptized in the Christ. Uh, his uh, wife was a uh, medical doctor and, and uh, took her a year, uh, another year before she was baptized in the Christ. Uh, I think she wanted to really make sure her husband was for real. Right, real exactly. A little test period. On, on that. And, and, and then the funny thing is, you know, I started reaching out to my next door neighbor and bringing him to church. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, the wife came too, but he was the one that was more interested. He was, he was a guy that, I mean, he was, he had these parties. Kay couldn't get to sleep late at night. We go knock on the door, you know, you got, you know, you smell the pot and everything. And, and, uh, anyway, uh, they came to church, asked him to study. He was willing to study, and and then I left, and I gave the study over to sign. I invited a couple of people. I always have other people in the sure. study, but I invited somebody in that could actually lead the study then, and uh, they, they they studied with him for another uh, another six seven months after I left, and uh, he he got the virus. He had to stay in, and uh, you know he's probably in his forties and a business guy and uh but he was just baptized in the christ i was watching the video and talking just uh, just a few weeks ago maybe a month so ago awesome. that's great and uh you know just it's just things like that to me that i if you would say what are you most proud of i go you know it's just individual lives that yep. that, that that are that are being changed yeah uh and then you know okay and you know we've i've written a couple of books and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, with those books, Radical Faith, Radical Love. Um, I tongue in cheek say, you know, all you need is the Bible and these two books and you can make it to heaven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, and I actually go back and I reread those books every now and then and I go, wow, I, I can't, I wrote that, huh? And of course, Kay and I wrote the, the one together and she's, she's a better writer than I am. Uh, but I, I think we hit it at, at, at what I think are the, are, are, are what people have to have. Yeah. So anyway, that's great. Those are some that I think I'm just uh, most excited about and most proud of and in, 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 in the right kind of way and, and, and such um, seeing atheists come to God, excited, full of hope then. Uh, wow. So anyway, well, you oversaw the European missions as a world sector leader and um, back in the day, and you continue to work there, you know, in the new structure after 2003. That has got to be one of the most difficult mission fields. I mean, former Christian territory. I mean, Germany was like the center of theology at one point. Um, absolutely, totally opposite now. What what has worked and what has been challenging in in that European field? I'm just interested in knowing, like, you know, what 
tell me a little bit about the development. Okay, you went there, you re- reconstructed the church. I think the Kims had planted the church prior to you going there. Is that right? And then you reconstructed the church, and the McGurks are there now. What what's been working and what's been challenging? Give us give me just a quick overview of that work. Well, again, I think it comes down to faith. I think when we all went out, you know, it was sort of that same thing that I talked about with the campus ministries as we were planting churches. We just, all we could see is God doing great things. And I, I think we probably would all say that, that we thought we knew more than we did. I know for me, I mean, I, you know, here I am trying to lead, you know, these different groups, but in, in my heart of hearts, I'm just telling God, man, I, I, I've got, I've got different fears. I've got insecurities, you know, is this really going to happen, you know, and yet believing, you know, already seeing God do great things. He, he can do it here. But uh, I, I think, uh, I think just having faith that God can do and then just being out there mm-hmm. instead of on the campus, you're, you know, you're out there in the city, you're meeting people, you're, you're inviting people, you're, you know, you're, well, you're on the subways. Uh, sure. And, you're living there. You're getting to know people. Uh, well, well, Randy, at one point in time, it was there was kind of an expectation. If you go out and you plant a church, you got to have a hundred baptisms in the first year. That was kind of that's what I recall at least. There was like an expectation, but you go to a, a field like you know Finland, or if you go to Norway, I mean, it's that is well, it, even it's in France and Italy. I mean, I just go. It's know, just a different places. cup of tea. How did you adjust to that? is well i actually finland and sweden was it was not a part of of, of my area okay of work, okay but it's it's similar it's 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 similar um and and obviously that that, that honestly was a, a bit of a of a difficulty because i think people didn't understand that there were different fields right. and there was different openness in the fields although i do believe that wherever you opened your bible where it says you know you know the the, the fields are ripe for harvest fields are ripe for harvest it's true wherever you read it right uh but some are more ripe and europe is uh satan has a has a hold on on the hearts there uh, with a lot of atheism and uh, a lot of skepticism to say the very least but you know the bible is the bible god's word is god's word uh you know the spirit is at work and we saw a lot of people uh, become become Christians in in the years that I was really quote unquote leading uh, you know the charge uh, in in that area. Um, so I, I I think it was just a matter of people believed it. They got out there and did it, and we saw some great things happen to where you know there was just a, a handful that 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 turned into thousands, uh, which was uh, in, in incredible. Uh, was separated from the work, like I mentioned in 2003, and I think I think a lot of people lost a lot of faith. And you know, I think Satan had a heyday uh, in in so many of the European ministries, and there was a lot of disunity and a lot of uh, mistrust. Uh, and uh, you know, people's people's faith was hurting, and it was and 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 destroyed. And uh, I, I think it's taken many, many years and uh, in, in, in a new generation in one sense. It's great to see the McGurks go back uh, to Paris and then having faith. They were there when we got there uh, and they planted the church uh, for, for us in, in Belgium, in Brussels, uh, after a couple of years of being there. And, 
and they're back. They have a lot of faith and they're working with a lot of the, the next generation. Even his son, uh, Tom, is, uh, is the campus minister uh, there now, working with the next generation. And I think uh, there is a group of the kids that, that uh, of the parents who are converted that want to see great things done. I think it's exploding. I think we're seeing, you know, conversions and that faith is, uh, is really coming back. And that's, that's really what it's all about. I was never in, in, in leadership after the 2003, I'd stepped out of the ministry. I think I sort of got back in European work, maybe in 2009, 2008, 2009, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a super hands-on. I don't think I was invited in that way. I see. Uh, a super hands-on kind of way. Uh, so it was, it was different. It was, it was, I wanted to do what I could do because I had such a heart for it and even turned the, in a lot of ways, the, 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 although we, we kept giving money to Indonesia and to other places that uh, Northern Virginia had historically given to, we didn't want to take that away. And we helped in many other places too. But, uh, you know, we, we, we grew. I mean, when I first got there, I think the contribution was like 5,000. When I left, I think the contribution, the weekly contribution was 21 or 22,000. Uh, and, and by the way, you, you don't grow your contribution by simply converting uh, high school kids right. and uh, right. kids. They, right. they exactly. do not have financial right. responsibility uh, right. to do that. Uh, and so we were able to, to, to really join that work and do some, some, uh, some things that I think helped yeah. uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a good way. Yeah. Not, a, not, not, uh, not as big a way as I was doing or anything, but, you know, my heart was there. I just wanted to see some great things happen. And I think, uh, I think people are working very hard. We've got a lot of young uh, ministers there now. Uh, we've got people in the full-time ministry in all the old places. We're starting to talk about planting churches again. Uh, it's taken years, and yet th in one sense, that's okay. Uh, let's just do what God wants us to do. And I think with uh, a lot of the great-hearted people, the young people there to have great faith, I think we're going to see some great things happen greater things than have ever happened that's before. great that's that's, great. that's that's my hope that's my prayer that's great uh you've you've mentioned your older brother before kip you, you've got a well-known brother in the, our family of churches uh 2003 was a, a real watershed moment how have you managed to navigate the personal and the professional aspects of that relationship well, I, I don't think I've necessarily done a, a, a great job. I mean, it's, it's a sad chapter uh, in, in my life. You know, I, I, I owe him so much personally. I mean, he's the one that, you know, ultimately, you know, invited me to come to church um, and got me started. He's, you know, I think God used him in some magnificent, incredible, wonderful ways. I mean, what a a man that is, is, is just wanting to do great things uh, with the incredible talents that I think God blessed him, blessed him with. And, uh, you know, gave me a lot of different uh, opportunities uh, to serve in many different ways. So I'll always love and appreciate and have great memories of, uh, of, of that. Um, you know, like any of us, we've got our up part of our lives and we've got our down part of our lives. And uh, I, I think uh, some of those things were, were, were challenging for him to really see. Uh, 
Um, I, I probably have not done a, a great job. Uh, it's been more uh, a separation, I think. Um, I think, you know, obviously we don't agree at all with the direction that, that he has gone with his life and sort of starting his own, his own thing all over again. Uh, I definitely don't agree with how he's gone about that, especially coming into our churches and trying to, in many ways, start his churches by our churches and sort of his message. And even as he sees history and this, that, and the other, and, uh, you know, one man leadership and all that kind of thing. But, you know, we're family and, uh, you know, got to keep things on a family level. He's my brother. I guess it's been a couple of weeks. I talked to him for about an hour, a couple of weeks ago, but that hasn't been a regular thing. Our father died a couple of years ago. Uh, and obviously, you know, that's that's a time of, of life. My mom just turned 92 last wow. week. Uh, and uh, so obviously we, we have concern for her, taking care of, of, of her in the, in a right way. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's just a sad chapter of life. I'll always love and appreciate. Don't, don't uh, agree with the direction that uh, things have gone. Uh, wish things were, were, were different. Wish things uh, were, were unified. Uh, but uh, we're family. And, uh, and so we've got to work on that level. So I think that's, that's probably it. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. You're talking about your dad. His name's Thomas, right? Thomas McKean? Yep. And, uh, Kip, okay. So Kip is, is the, also Thomas named yep. after him. Okay. Your dad was an admiral, right? In the Navy or the Coast Guard? In the Navy, he was, uh, he was a rear admiral. Uh, he, uh, closed out his career. He was a maxillofacial surgeon. Uh, and, uh, he closed out his career, uh, there, uh, in, in DC, uh, as the inspector general of the entire uh, medical corps and the entire dental corps of the Navy. Wow. He was, he was, he was quite the guy. That's amazing. Uh, respect. I mean, learned a lot of how to work hard and, uh, you know, from, from him, to say the very least. Hmm. Interesting that you didn't choose to go into medicine after, after that uh, example. A lot of see that happen a lot where the kids end up going into medicine if their parents are in that field. Well, Kip, Kip was going to be a, Kip was going to be a doctor. I was going to be a lawyer. So dad was going to be happy. <laughs> it took a little he bit wasn't of really happy with either of our decisions to go into the full time. I, <laughs> I bet that created some awkwardness on family reunions. I think he got over it. You know? <laughs> he got over it and saw what we were doing and uh, made an impact and, you know, our marriages and all that. So, yeah, that's great. Okay. Well, okay. You retired earlier this year, January of 2020. What, what made you choose Maui to retire? I mean, it's a little slice of heaven, but what you've been all over the place. You could have gone back to Paris. Why'd you choose Maui? Well, uh, my daughter is married to a lawyer that uh, about a year and a half, almost two years ago, uh, he was working for Caterpillar, but then he, he, uh, they decided to uh, take the job in Saudi Arabia uh, and he's working as a lawyer for Aramco, which is the Saudi oil company. Maui, where my son lives, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Couldn't go if I wanted to. Don't want to go there. They didn't long term over there. 
<laughs> must be family and live in Maui and uh, and, and and come here. So <laughs> that's it. You know, my son uh, has been the uh, evangelist, lead evangelist here, and his wife also works with him in the ministry. And uh, so coming here and being with them and being with uh, they've got two children, eleven year old and a and a thirteen year old uh, daughters uh, to to be here during these years seem to be uh, the best thing and the right thing uh, to do. How and financially, it's a stupid, dumb decision. It, does, it doesn't work. I mean, we've blown away at the expense of everything. Really? Island. I mean, the housing is ridiculous. Uh, food, restaurants are ridiculous. But, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. And um, so... But uh, so it's not a good decision from that point of view. Right. But it's a great decision from a family point of view. And uh, hopefully our, our, our daughter and her family after the whole COVID stuff can come and visit us here. Right. In, uh, in now, you talked to, we talked a little bit about this before, before we went on the air. But, uh, Randy, you're, you're a powerhouse guy. I mean, you're, you are a very forceful um, energetic experience. I'm, I'm a teddy bear. What do you mean? Come on. Come on. We got to tell the truth here. You are a, a you know, powerhouse. So is your wife. I mean, you guys are definitely equally, equally yoked in that way. How, what, what was it like to be in the same church with your son? He's leading the church. You are there in the back bench. Uh, how did you manage that? How do you uh, allow him to, you know, be him and you uh, just part of the church? Well, maybe it's made it easier in the sense that, you know, after a month of being here or two months of being here, then the church didn't meet, uh, except <laughs> online. <laughs> with the COVID stuff. That's true. Uh, Ashley, very simple, very easy. I just, uh, I, I just say, Hey, you're my evangelist. You're my leader. I'm, I'm ready to do what, what you think you want me to do. Um, I won't do anything. And, you know, I call him up and, you know, I, I had a guy that, like for instance, I had a guy uh, two days ago that said, "Hey, can I join? Can I join your discipleship group? I don't really have one." So I got a hold of Kent and I said, "Well, you know, such and such had gotten in touch with me, and you know, hey, what do you want to do? Why don't you, you know, you need to make the decision here on what you want him to do." And uh, that's, I think, that's just the right way, the right way to do it. Um, yeah. So it's he, been it's yeah. been fairly smooth. Oh. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you know, I preached, a, I preached a couple of times uh, that he wanted me to, to, to preach. And, uh, you know, I love, I love doing that. I mean, uh, just in the last couple of weeks, I mean, good night. We had a three-hour meeting with, you know, disunity type situation, you know, with a couple of couples. And, uh, you know, had my, had, I, I, you know, I had my D group, you know, with about seven guys uh, in it, uh, had my coffee group with them on a, on a Friday morning. Um, you know, there was another couple that he asked me to get with that just needed some, uh, some help. They were sort of losing, you know, one of them was losing their conviction on, you know, how to truly be converted and baptism being necessary for salvation. And, right. you know, we had dinner together, had a couple of hours of study. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do whatever he wants me to do. And, um, and uh, happy to work and and uh, happy to happy to give. But hey, he's he's the leader at this right. point now. He's stepping out of the ministry and 
He's going to be, uh, he and his wife uh, have what's called uh, sort of, she's written the book. They're both written the book from a Christian point of view on this counseling and working with people emotionally and their backgrounds. And, and they, they feel like they can, they can impact a great impact with that. And we have a new guy coming on in, uh, Stephen uh, Van Buren. I actually knew his, knew his uh, mom and dad. Uh, his dad was converted maybe a year before I was at the Crossroads Church, and she wow. was converted also. And uh, I actually interviewed Stephen about ten or about ten years ago for for Northern Virginia Church to uh, maybe it was eleven years ago, twelve years ago uh, to uh, come in and, and work with our teams. But in the end, we hired Kenton and Heather for about five and a half years. But so th- he'll be great. And uh, he actually gave me a call and I said, hey, you know, whatever you want me to do, Stephen, I'll have your back. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah, I'm retired. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to do full time ministry or work every day in it, but I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple. And hey, you know, you got you got me because God's got me. Right. Right. OK, so do you see with that change, do you see yourself staying in Maui? Uh, it's expensive. Do you see yourself staying there? Or are you planning on planning on going to? let's say Panama or something like that, where it's cheaper to live as an expat. What, what are your plans? Uh, having been to Panama, that is not where I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you, you're there for the foreseeable well, future. You know, we, we, we knew Kent and Heather were thinking about, you know, uh, going out of the ministry uh, on a full-time basis. And we talked about it before we get here and, we were, were, I was actually, we were, we were, we were in Maui and we were playing hearts. That's sort of our family game. And I said, well, let's just stop here for a minute. We need to talk. And, uh, I said, you know, we're, we're, we're contemplating our move over here, but we don't want to move. And then you guys move out. Right. That, 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 that the only reason we're coming is, right. is you. Right. And, uh, you know, so it was like, uh, they said, no, we love Maui. Believe this is where God wants us to be. Whether we're in or out of the ministry, we're here. Hmm. So I said, okay. So, you know, that's sort of how I look at it. I think, honestly, the, the thing that would, uh, would, would, would take us away from here, the other thing that's really horrible and bad about Maui is just their medical situation. And um, anyway, I had open heart surgery about four years ago, and I'll probably, you know, they, it, it was because of the radiation treatment that I had uh, back when I was 17 years old, and it had sort of, and it, they even have a name for it cardiac radiation disease and uh, so I had to have my uh, aortic valve replaced and uh, they said that would last about 10 years on an average and so it's been four years I got six years and uh, hopefully hopefully the cow the the cow valve they put in me really works good maybe it'll work for 30 years who knows Uh, but probably will need some 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 major stuff done at that point and uh, so we'll 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 see. But yeah. at this point, we just plan to be here. We plan to be with them, and and uh, you know maybe someday my 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 daughter and her husband will retire here. Who knows? We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. That'd be great. We'll I love Hawaii. Oh my gosh, absolutely love it. So you, you're you're a multi-volume writer, both you and Kay. You've you've done a lot. What are your plans in retirement? Do you guys have any projects that you're working on? Well, obviously, like I said, just help the church strengthen and grow as 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 we are able. Uh, I do want to do some writing. I will say that I have not been disciplined enough uh, to really get 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 on it. Uh, it's amazing how busy you can be 
uh, in retirement <laughs> mm. <laughs> with uh, different, different, different things going on. Um, I, I'd actually like to write a novel. I've, I've got it started. Maybe I've got one fifth of it done. Uh, sort of a murder mystery kind of thing that has has something that it really says about life in the midst of it. I'd like to like to do that. Like to get on the bestseller list. You know, there's a dream. There you go. Uh, uh, in my life, um, but you know, as as it says in Ecclesiastes, enjoy life with your wife. Uh, That's right. It's it, it's a different season of life. Uh, mm -hmm. It's our it's it's I don't want to say it's our final season of life, but it you know who knows how yeah. long we we we've got right. And I really enjoy that. Uh, again, you know that open heart surgery four years ago. Let me tell you that was a that was a really good reminder that life is a mist. And uh, it says over there in James, you know, you, you need to ask, what is God's will? Well, that, that, and, okay, Randy, uh, that's that's something that I think about. How old are you now? Are you 65? I'm just 64. 64? When I'm 64. But, but, I just, but I just turned 16 birthdays old. See, 64. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is what impresses me. Like, you turned 63 or so, and you just retired. Okay, you could have kept going indefinitely, I'm sure— you know, you were loved there in the Northern Virginia church, but you just chose, okay, I'm calling it right here. Um, that takes a lot of guts and a lot of self-knowledge. I mean, what, what prompted you? How did you know when, when was when? Well, I, I honestly think this is going to be a challenge for a lot of people. Um, first of all, from a financial point of view, because I'm not sure that people have been wise enough to uh, be sacrificial enough to not to live in such a way that you really can prepare uh, for for it. So I think a lot of people, and this is going to be bad if people just stay in the ministry because they can't do anything else financially. They need it. That that's right. not going to be a good thing. Right. Um, and I think the other part of it is that as you know, being out of the ministry and going through what I did, I learned a lot. I think men have a problem overall, not just ministry, but in any industry, uh, in any profession, is that is that you start thinking who you are is 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 what you do sure. as a in a profession, and and that that's your life. And once you let go of that, then 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 you know you, you feel you feel an emptiness, mm. having already gone through that. And, 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 and felt those things because ministry was, 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 was everything. And I still, I think ministry when you're in it is gotta be everything, but it's, it's, it's not my life. I'm, 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 I'm a son of God. I'm a Christian. I'm, right. I, I'm living to glorify him. That's, that's what life is, uh, is really all about. Right. And I, I think some people uh, are not going to be able to let go because I think, they think they're too important mm -hmm. or too necessary or too needed. I, 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 if I don't give up the money that was spent on me, I, we're not going to be able to hire the younger generation to come on up. Right. So, Randy, changing the subject here, what, what common mistakes do you see disciples making that could be avoided? Pitfalls that you feel like, man, I just, I just want to tell people, hey, don't go this direction. Don't fall into this trap. Anything you yeah. see, you, you know, looking back on, on 64 years, any advice? 
Um, I, I'd say maybe the first thing that comes to mind is uh, sentimentality. Um, you know, especially when there's uh, deaths, uh, close friends, family members. Um, and, and, and if we, the sentimentality can take you to a place where you, you, a person doesn't really stay firm on, on what the doctrine of the Bible really is, especially on who's a Christian, who's not a Christian, uh, you know, what the lifestyle truths really are. Of, of being a follower and a disciple uh, of, of, of Jesus. And uh, so I think, I think, you know, as we get older, you got to watch the sentimentality mm -hmm. uh, issue. I think also I see that, there, that, that people on an overall basis, I think, are more thrilled and more desirous and have a greater passion uh, to help the poor uh, than serving, uh, than saving the seeking and saving the lost. Mm. Uh, certainly, you know Jesus' ministry to enhance seeking and saving the lost was was helping the poor, and we're doing some incredible, wonderful things. I don't want to take away from that, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I, I just think that 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 people are are, are changing their passion, and I I, I will say this is that the world will pat us on the back for helping the poor. The world will not pat you on the back for seeking and saving the lost and speaking the truth mm -hmm. uh, about sin and salvation uh, on an overall basis. And, uh, but again, I mean, I, I don't want us to pull back. I'd love for us to do more, but I think the passion and the desire and the, the sacrifice uh, ultimately has got to be working together, but we've got to have that passion for seeking and saving the lost. And then uh, maybe one other thing that comes to mind is, is in conversations that I have with lots of people is that they plan to do something great for God sometime in the future. Mm. Wow. And sort of when it all comes together, especially they, they talk about, you know, when, when financially, right. you know, it, right. it really comes together for me, then, then I'll be financially, you know, freed up. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to be able to do uh, some of these uh, some of these things that are in my heart. And, you know, the truth of the matter for 99 percent of the people is that it's never going to come to that. Yeah. Uh, very few people are going to uh, have that kind of windfall or that kind of success uh, where financially they can just, you know, just give it all up and, and, and go do whatever they want to do for God. It, 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 it never really comes together. And, 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 and so people are putting maybe too much emphasis and I'm going to make money, I'm going to retire early thinking that then I'm going to devote myself in some incredible ways. Uh, but it never, it never comes. Uh, and the issue is you got to be devoted now. And if right. the Lord blesses you in that way, then the Lord blesses you. Mm. But if he doesn't bless you, then we've got years of our lives that we're not making the kind of impact that we could make if we had the right kind of passion, desire, faith and love uh, to to make it happen. So I think I, I think those are some of the common mistakes that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing happen uh, right, right, right now. Gosh, that could be the subject of an entire separate phone call right there or a Zoom call. Um, you know, people, you know, the, exactly. Just this concept of like, hey, 
I, you know, once my kids are out of the house, um, you know, once the grandkids are a little bit closer, once we get our, our finances, once we get our nest egg stored up, then we're going to really give it a go for God. And, and then, then all of a sudden something happens, a heart attack or major surgery or, you know, something else. And it's like, well, you can't really do that. And all of a sudden the ambition becomes a wish I could a kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think people don't understand that health is an incredible issue. I mean, I hear people saying, yeah, you know, all these people that are going to get older and they're going to retire, they're going to be able to go here, do this and do that. And I go, I think some people can and will, but the vast majority are going to, you know, be tied down both financially, but health wise Mm -hmm. in what they can and cannot do. I, I just think we underplay and don't understand that because most of our people aren't there yet right. in that in that season of life, and so they 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 don't re, they don't understand it exactly. Well, what what did, what would you tell people between the age of forty and sixty, who you know, okay, all of a sudden for the first time, retirement is something that's got on their radar, and they're like, ooh, I better get ready here, and yet they're thinking, I want to make a difference. Right. I want to live a life of no regrets. What advice would you give that that segment of the population, the disciples population? Keep giving your life away. Mm. Don't stop. Keep giving your life away. Like Jesus, mm-hmm. he kept giving his life uh, away. Um, you know, when we moved to uh, Northern Virginia, and we were trying to figure out how to, uh, you know, break the church up into smaller groups and have house churches. And, you know, none of that was really uh, going on successfully at that at that time. Uh, there was one group that um, didn't have a leader. It, it was it was a 35, 40 minute drive away from where we lived. And uh, my wife said, you know, I think that's the group that we ought to, we ought to lead that, that, that group. They don't have anybody. I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, not only are they far away, I says, look at them. Look, look how old they are. How are we going to, how are we going to do a ministry and, and, and get things going with, with, with all those old people? Hmm. And she looked at me and she said, they're our age. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say for people between 40 and 60, study with people between 40 and 60. Um, It's wonderful to see teens converted. And and yes, work hard. Give your life away. Let's let's win our children. I was so proud of the teen ministry and the people that we had working in the teen ministry uh, in Northern Virginia, because for the years that I was there, over 90% of all the kingdom kids were baptized in the Christ. Wow. And then 95% of those kids, uh, in, in, you know, would graduate from college faithful, uh, as, as disciples. That's awesome. And, uh, that was, that was God working. We had Kent and Heather there for five and a half years. It really set the, uh, the tone for that ministry in such a, such a great, great way. Uh, cause I can't say I'm an expert in teen ministry, but, they're an expert in the youth and family ministry and did an incredible job. Um, but we, we've got to convert who we are mm-hmm. uh, and not just be excited to see college kids being converted, although that's great. We give our money and 
they're the most open at that time. And we need to see a lot of college kids mm -hmm. get converted. Uh, but we need to give our life away and study with people who are 40 to 60 years old. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, it's an incredible, incredible joy uh, to see people of our own generation baptized into Christ. That little group that we decided to be a part of, the Burke House Church, uh, we saw 15, 16, 17. We led it for seven years. Um, great adults being baptized into Christ. That didn't include their kids, uh, a number of them whose kids were baptized into Christ during that time. Uh, but, uh, you, you, you know, we've got to make sure that, that the people who are between 40 and 60, that w you don't lose your passion right. uh, for seeking and saving the lost on a personal basis. And I, I, I say this all the time. It doesn't take more time. It only takes more love. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that really is the issue. I mean, a couple of days ago, we had a, a guy in here. Um, we, we had a termite issue. Uh, which seems to be a problem in in places all around Maui. And so we had a guy come on in and, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking with this individual. We had him in before and, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit. But anyway, I knew that he had cancer. So we talked more about the situation. And the bottom line is he says, you know, I, the, the doctor says I've got three years to live. He said, I'm, I'm, he said, I want to do more than that. I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm trying to stay positive, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, obviously had a good conversation with him and, and, and asked him to study the Bible with me, which is sort of a new thing. I, I, I actually asked people to study the Bible with me. Be, you know, this whole COVID thing has pushed me that direction before I asked him to church because church wasn't going on for a long time. And right. I'm finding that 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 actually is a pretty good thing to do. Right. We're, we're studying with a, uh, a guy that just moved here recently from Colorado that he and his wife, uh, well, he retired. His wife is still working part-time uh, online and, and stuff. We've been studying with them. They've been coming to church with us. They're excited about it uh, and, uh, and, and, and such. But, but just talking to this, uh, you know, the guy that was dealing with our termites, and he didn't want to study. But I, I said, would you read a book? And I gave him my book on faith, and, and uh, I said, you, you promised to read it now. Um, also this week, you know, I had to go in and get my teeth cleaned, uh, and met the, my dental hygienist and, and, uh, found out she lives in the same little area that Kenton Heather does. And we had a great conversation, invited her to church. She said, you know, I, I haven't really gone to church except, you know, a little, sometime when I was a kid, my, my husband's an atheist. He's not interested at all, but you know, I, 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 you know, he, I'll give you my, uh, uh, my email address and, you know, let me know more about it. I'd like to come. Um, and, and, and just, you know, the electrician that came in, I in, invited him and, and uh, he actually said, well, I'm studying right now. And it uh, was with Jehovah Witnesses. And he said, what do you think about that? And I said, well, I, I said, I, I, I think you better make sure of what the Bible has to say and not just listen to what anybody, me or anybody has mm -hmm. to say. And I said, would you study the Bible with me? He says, yeah, I'm going to be off island for a month or so. But yeah, I, I'll do that. That's awesome. Um, I, I just think there, there's got to be that, 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 that desire. Right. And um, working with people who are between 40 and, 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 and 60. There, there was this guy that, that uh, this couple, uh, we, we still don't know really who invited them to church, but they came to church. It was... Uh, before the Christmas holidays, it was a little bit different service. 
they sat in the back row, didn't talk to anybody. They walked out and they, they turned to each other. I found this out later. They turned to each other and they said, wow, we'll have to go back. We've never <laughs> seen anything like this before. <laughs> and uh, the next time they came, somebody came and got me, you know, met them. And I, it was just the second time they come to church. I said, hey, well, you want to study the Bible? And they said, yeah, we'll study the Bible. And so I got another couple and Kay and I, and, 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 and then we studied as, as, as a couple. And, uh, he was, uh, he was a guy that was an ex Marine. Uh, he had his top secret clearance. He was teaching war tactics down at Quantico. Uh, he had taught at the Academy, Naval Academy. Uh, his wife, uh, had just a secret, uh, not said a top secret, but a clearance, but a secret clearance it, um, she was Australian. Uh, background and uh, you know we studied for four months it was so exciting he'd go I never saw that in the Bible before that is wow. so good no one's ever explained this to me before and uh, and uh, they were they were baptized in the Christ when he was baptized he said he says Randy I got to talk to you and he said what he says what about he says I, I, I've been in a lot of war situations I, I, I you know I, I've been in combat if I had to turn to the left, I'd have been dead. I turned to the right. I feel like God has protected me for this for this moment. But what do you think about what I'm doing and 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 all of this? We had to talk about the whole military stuff. And, mm. uh, but uh, th- th- there's nothing like it. It's 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 awesome to see people. He was in his 50s. She was in the 40s. Just become true Christians. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, that was back in Virginia. That's not that was back in Virginia. Wow, yeah, I mean, here I, I studied with a guy that I actually met at church that apparently came back. I, I, I preached and and uh, we got talking and he had tears in his eyes. And I said, uh, he, he's a fallen away Christian. And I said, well, how about studying with with me? And he had his living girlfriend there and, and, and everything. And so, you know, we we studied for a good four months. And uh, and, and then he was just uh, restored. You know, we did a. Uh, restoration in front of the congregation that was really moving and what he had to say and uh his heart's been 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 you know really moved really really excited he was a guy that you know uh grew up in maui and, and yeah. was born on maui and his family's maui and uh, he teaches he teaches a he, he's he's a uh, elementary school teacher and he teaches a hawaiian uh culture and history so he's i've learned a lot from him yeah that's great <laughs> so, but it's just exciting. It really, really is. There's and, and then there's three baptisms tomorrow wow. in the Maui Church. Oh my gosh. Uh, all people that Kent and Heather have been studying with, and uh, you know, just a, a great couple that is is their age. And uh, then the, the 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 there's the husband of this one girl that was baptized a number of months ago, but now the wife's getting baptized. Uh, it's it's it is exciting to see well, this. Okay. And I love the baptisms in the ocean. <laughs> now, I know I know Kent and Heather have done an amazing job. I think that church was was struggling for a long time. A long time kind of just existing, surviving, not really thriving. What kind of growth has happened over the past several years since they've been leading it? Cuz I I think, you know, I've heard that great thing good things are happening. There's been steady increase in health. Well, yeah, they, 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 the church here was without any kind of leadership for 13 years wow. and, and had gotten pretty independent. And, and uh, you know, when you, when you do that, it becomes a little funky. 
uh, and, uh, you know, distrustful and, and things. Uh, but they, they really liked Kent and Heather and they hired them. And, and uh, you know, I don't know what it was when they got here, 20, 25 or, or, or so people. And, and honestly, you know, a number of those people, my understanding is, you know, haven't necessarily stayed right. uh, with the preaching and the teaching, but it's about 50 people wow. uh, right now. And uh, they have, you know, I'm really proud of my son and, yeah. and, and, and Heather, his wife, and pouring out their lives and, 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 and bringing it from a, what I would call an unhealthy situation to a healthy situation. There's no church that is perfect, and there's no church that, that doesn't have issues that, that come up and people that, that, that need help in their faith. Right. Uh, and, 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 and some people stumble and, and, and get into sin and this, that, and the other. But um, they, they've done a, a terrific job um, for God yeah. and for God's glory here. That's great. Randy, when you look at your, your 40 years of, of ministry, you look at the kingdom, our family of churches, what needs to happen for our family of churches to grow and get stronger going forward, not just there in Maui, but around the world? What, what, what do you, what's your prescription for greater growth, greater health going forward in our family of churches? You mean, you mean how we can be successful like the Patriots? <laughs> My wife's going to love that comment right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's a big question. I'm not sure that I have. I know I don't have all the, the, the answers. Um, you, you know, you, you, you sort of brought in a, a moment ago when we were talking about regrets and everything. Maybe I can add that to this question. Um, you know, I think we all have some regrets in life. Um, I think we all would have done some things differently in our life, both before we, we became a Christian, we would do some things differently. Mm -hmm. But even after becoming a Christian, we would, we would, we would do uh, some things differently. Um, I, I like to tell people this is to, is to go home and uh, take time and uh, make a list of a hundred things, hundred top things that you want to do, uh, that you want to see. Uh, that you want to accomplish uh, before the end of your life. Of course, you know, the, the bucket list type thing. Uh, but then to make sure that you have uh, kingdom goals and some kingdom dreams included uh, for right now and for later as you move into different seasons of life. And, and, and then to get busy and live it. I mean, God has, God allows us to make so many different choices uh, and, 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 and to give us so many different dreams, we get to choose the wife we want. You know, I got my dream wife. Uh, we get to choose, you know, our profession and, uh, you know, I love the preaching and teaching and, you know, what, what, what God allowed me to, 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 to do on that. Uh, but then, you know, he's got some dreams and goals that we have to adopt. Uh, you know, the goal of, of seeing the world evangelized, right. uh, the, the, the goal of a spiritual family, the, the, the goal of purity, uh, you know, a lot of things that we are to embrace and to make a part of our lives. And I just like to tell people, get busy and live it. Hmm. Just get busy and live it. Just, you know, I mean, just do it. Uh, stop just thinking about it yep. and, uh, and, and, and get on it. Hmm. 
and enjoy life. God wants us to enjoy this life that he's given us. Yeah, there's hardships. Yes, there's sacrifices. Yes, there's some tough times, but but there's so much to enjoy that God wants us to, 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 to embrace. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty simplistic person. And um, I, I think what our churches need more than anything else is number one, faith. And number two, love. Mm -hmm. And that is why I, we, you know, I, we wrote the books. Uh, I wrote the one on faith. Kay and I wrote the one on, on the radical love. And what is entailed in that is, is what we, it's, it's what we grew our ministry on. Um, I, I think all of, all of my life, but um, definitely we wrote it during the time of our, you know, 12, 13 years with the Northern Virginia church. And uh, so it, it has more wisdom and uh, coming from a guy's a little bit older than simply, you know, we, we've learned a few things right. uh, in, in life. And uh, it's the only thing in the Bible that we're told to have more and more of. We're told to have more faith and we're told to have more love. Right. You know, we're never told to have more baptisms, but if you have more faith and more love, you will have more baptisms. Yeah. I will guarantee that uh, because God guarantees it. Yeah. Uh, and like I said before, in a, in a funsy kind of way, I, I tell people, you just, you just need the Bible in these two books. But ultimately, <laughs> you need faith, real faith, a God kind of faith. Right. I explain that. And, 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 and the kind of love that's defined by the Bible instead of what's defined by the world. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging, but it's the greatest stuff there is. Right. And I think this is what our churches need. They need faith and they need love. And I, don't, I, I think we've, we've learned how to love better. And I know we've got a long way to go. And, 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 and yet we, 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 need, we need to do. It's, it's, it's what God says draws people in. When they see the love we have one for another is what they'll, they'll say, God is truly among you. Um, and uh, when they hear the right kind of preaching from the Bible, God is truly among you. There's something here. There's something different. God is here. Let me learn. Mm, uh, and we've got, we've got to have it. it is, it's got to be the hallmark of the Christians. As, as, as he said, all men will know that you're truly my disciples by how you love one another. Right. Um, so this is, this is, this is what, this is what is needed more than anything else. Mm. It's not just sort of a new way of doing things or better technology or, you know, let's learn how to use the technology, but ultimately it's faith and it's, 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 it's love. Yeah. So that's what I would say. So get my books, read the books and you'll understand uh, a little bit of what I'm, what I'm trying to express here. That's great. In a very practical kind of way. That's great. Well, I understand that uh, some disciples are reissuing a book that you were the editor of back in 94 on the mission and that you've been asked to rewrite the forward to that, uh, that book. And so I was wondering if you could just go ahead and read that as kind of some final, final words, some final advice, um, as we finish this interview, would that be okay with you? I, I I'd love to do that. Thank you for, uh, thank you for asking. Um, I actually have it on my, on my desk right here. Uh, I, I entitled it from generation to generation. And in Psalm 79, 13, it says from generation to generation, we will proclaim uh, your praise. I was asked to write the forward for this book because I, along with my wife, Kay, added the original book, The Mission, back in 1994. Truly, this 
With this new edition written by a new generation of mission-minded disciples, we are moving from generation to generation. I was baptized into Christ on September 24, 1973 in Gainesville, Florida, through the ministry of the Crossroads Church of Christ. I was a 17-year-old freshman at the University of Florida. Because of this ministry, I, along with hundreds of others, were inspired to go into the full-time campus ministry. Our first-time ministry position was in Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina. During the 70s and early 80s, we were seeing God do amazing things as many thousands of students were becoming true Christians through campus ministry works throughout the United States. This was the dynamic crossroads campus ministry phase of our modern day Jesus movement. In 1986, I listened to a sermon while at a London conference that changed my life. It was being preached that the greatest need for workers was outside the United States. And the question was asked, are you too comfortable? And after wrestling with the need and our comfort level, Kay and I decided we should do mission work. At that time, God was raising up the Boston Church of Christ with the vision of planting churches in every nation of the world. We joined in that work, received further ministry training, and went overseas to live in Munich and Paris. Later, we were invited back to lead the Boston Church, which we did for 13 years, while continuing to plant churches. It became obvious that God was mightily moving as thousands upon thousands were being baptized in the Christ. Leaders were being raised up and churches were being planted all around the globe. This was the extraordinary Boston church planting phase of our modern day Jesus movement. It's been 47 years at the time of when I wrote this since I was baptized in the Christ. Instead of being 17, I'm 64 years old. And now after 40 years of serving in the, the full-time ministry with preaching, teaching, planting churches, discipling, and training people in a multitude of nations, Kay and I have retired from full-time ministry work. We believed it was time to pass the baton to the next generation, trusting that they were ready to do and accomplish even greater things for God. In my lifetime, I have been blessed to see both my children baptized in the Christ. And just a week ago, when I wrote this, I was standing on a beautiful beach in Maui watching my granddaughter being baptized in the Christ in the Pacific Ocean for the forgiveness of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a time of celebration and joy. Certainly the good news of Jesus is going from generation to generation. In my own life and ministry, in the midst of many God-given victories and successes, I have certainly sinned, made mistakes, had failures, and have loved imperfectly. During the last 50 years, there have been issues, problems, sins, and challenges at different times and in different places in our movement for God. And yet, God has been merciful and continues to love, guard, guide, and direct us, giving time and space to mature as people and as churches. And so in the middle of the first decade of the new millennium, we were moved into the worldwide cooperation phase of our modern day Jesus movement. It has been a time of rebuilding and reexamining and restructuring. It has been a time of developing trust and unity and a coordinated mission plan. We've come a long way 
making so much progress from our very youthful and immature beginnings. God has performed countless miracles throughout our ministries around the world. Even with so much that has gone right, there is still so much more progress to be made to bring the saving message of Christ to this lost world. Surely, we can all say with a deep conviction that we have not come this far to only come this far. Mm. It's a brave new world. It's ever-changing and always redefining itself with the likes of Amazon, the many social media sites, Uber, Netflix, smartphones, and self-driving cars. How people think and live and relate to one another is a fast-moving target. In 2010, the calculations per second that a computer was able to accomplish was equal to a mouse brain. By 2025, a computer will be as fast as one human brain. And by 2050, a computer will be as fast as all 7 billion human brains put together. In our churches, we desperately need the next generation to pioneer the way forward in this changing world of relationships, technology, and artificial intelligence. We need to figure out the best and most effective methods to help disciples grow and to bring people to Jesus as we remain with the Bible as our absolute standard for life and doctrine. We must keep embracing a restoration mindset where we will always study the scriptures and repent of what we are failing to do, and repent of what we find we are not doing correctly. Personally, I deeply believe in the men and women of God in the next generation that will be taking the lead in our churches. I feel great joy as I watch many rise up with a heart to teach and reach the lost. I hope to name the next phase of our modern day Jesus movement, the second generation revival phase. Mm -hmm. I pray it will be a time of embracing the mission of making disciples and planting churches in numbers and in locations that we have only dreamed of in my generation. For centuries, the good news of Jesus has been proclaimed. As long as we are still living, it's up to all of us to carry the torch. So as you get ready to read this book that is full of inspirational stories that will both thrill you and challenge you, I do have a question for everyone of all ages. Where are they? So where are the men and women who will stand amazed at the love of God? Where are those who will be desperate for Jesus? Where are the sold out slaves of Christ? Where are those who will deny themselves daily and freely give their time, their talents, their money to the cause of Christ? Where are those who will be obedient even unto death? Where are his lovers, those who will go to school, go to work, Go to the mission field to win souls for Jesus. Where are the adventurers, the explorers, the pioneers who will go anywhere, do anything, and give up everything? Where are those who will love their neighbors across the street and across the globe? Where are the men and women who will cry out to God to give them one more soul to save, and then one more, and still one more? I believe they are right here. I believe it's you. Wow. Randy, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. It, 
that writing is not just, uh, you know, words, but it's actually your life. It's your conviction, and that definitely comes through. Thank you for sharing that with with all of us. And I want to thank you. It's a joy to be with you, my friends. Man, what what a blessing. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you today for listening to the Rob Skinner podcast. I hope you're enjoying the program. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe. Let your friends and family know. My goal is to inspire you week by week to make this life count, to live a no regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.